trucking, got my chips cashed in. Keep trucking, like the doodah man together. What is crackalacking, people? It's another Thursday episode, another monthly wrap-up of all the things happening around the Goodview Quarter. It's the 11th installment of this show, which means you can find the show notes for that at uh, homesteadsandhomeschools.com slash gvq11. Now, the show notes won't have much, maybe some pictures. Some of those pictures you'll probably want to see, some you might not want to see, because it, it might get a little little grody there. But anyway, uh, I'll put them up there all the same. For starters, let's get started with the homeschooling. We started homeschooling our two oldest. Uh, we got got started on that uh, a couple weeks ago, and it's been rolling through. You know, when we uh, it's always slow to get going, um, but we are are hitting a, a routine, and, and the kids are enjoying it, and um, that's good. So we have two two that we're homeschooling, um, and and the oldest one uh, is just kind of breezing through, and our, our Oldest daughter is um, struggling at times, and it's more the uh, I don't want to do it, so I'm not going to do it, and we won't do it. And then, you know, we have lots to do later. And I'm trying to recall, I think my son was sort of like that when he was coming coming through, uh, sort of dragging his feet, sort of fighting a little bit, and then realizing that maybe, maybe this isn't such a bad thing. Maybe I should, uh, maybe I should, uh, you know. Give it, give it a go. Put a little, little effort into it, you know. And, and it's, uh, it's good. We're, yeah, we're, we're enjoying it. We're enjoying it. Our two youngest are going to be going to preschool and first grade over at the local elementary school. Not sure when that will start yet. I believe it's supposed to be the first week of September, um, which down here is uh, something, something strange. They, they usually start school um, mid to early August. Uh, growing up in. New York. It was always after Labor Day. Um, and so I think we're going to be adopting some of that schedule down here in Georgia, uh, at least for this year. And you know, it, it is what it is, whatever. I, I don't think it makes one bit of difference. Um, when you start going back to school, it's still your, you know, 180 days, whatever. So uh, we like to get started earlier in July, uh, go kind of through the summer, like I had mentioned, because it is, uh, it's hot. It's hot down here, and you're really not outside doing too much when it's you know 95, 100 degrees, and it's super duper humid. Uh, you'd rather be inside in the AC and uh, doing school. So that way, um, you know, when it's nice in the the late fall, early winter, and it's cool, we can go go do those things. We can kind of you know take some of our, our break. Uh, and do those things. And we're still still learning and, and plug all that into school as opposed to one big elongated uh, break. Yeah, I think that's about it for the homeschooling stuff. Not, not a whole lot going on. I'll try to get into more of that, I guess, uh, next month. Um, really what's been going on outside is, is more the, the big stuff. It just seems like there's always projects to do because there are. There are. Uh, my uh, wife's coworker, Gave her one of those inflatable blow-up pool things, and uh, you know it's not big. It's not big. It's like eight feet across. It's like two two feet deep. But it's things like that that give me heart palpitations. I, I don't know what it is. You know, we we put the plug the the pump in, and it's not working. So it's one more thing. Like I, I got to deal with. That. I got to figure that out. I got to fix it. 
Uh, it's constantly needing more water because, of course, as kids would do, they they splash it out, you know, and, and it goes down. And it, it takes, you know, I was doing the calculations and it's over 700 gallons of water goes into this thing. And, you know, if I actually sat down and thought about how much water we go through, you know, for uh, the horses, for the goats, for all the animals, um, you know, you'd get to that number pretty quickly. But I really, really just don't like it. Um, all the work that you're putting on the pump, um, you know, I got to remember to, because I, I, I don't like to just run the pump for 700 gallons straight. That's uh, no, no good. So I like to turn it off and on. And it's just, it's, uh, I don't know why. I don't know why pools uh, bother me. I don't like them. Don't like them. But the kids are loving it. And that is what matters at the end of the day, I guess, right? Uh, we, uh, I, I've run most of the electric fence. Um, some places I have not got it there yet. Uh, it did take a, it was a little bit of a learning curve. Um, at this point I've got it down pretty easily. The biggest issue I've had uh, is the gates. We have, you know, 12, 14, 10 foot, um, bent aluminum gates, uh, typical gate that you would think of. It's four feet tall and it swings out on hinges and it, it, sits flush with the fence. It runs in line the rest of the fence. The gate does. So when you open it, it swings open and you walk through. Now, what are you supposed to do with the electric when that happens? Right? Because you, usually you, you run it above the fence, right? So now I have my electric gate, which is just a piece of wire on a with a handle. And you connect it to a loop on the other side of the, the gate entrance. Um, but that runs, you know, six inches above the gate, the aluminum gate, and it's running parallel or right in the same plane. So when you go to take the electric gate down, uh, it, it tends to touch the big aluminum gate, which is not necessarily a problem, but it does, uh, it, it's a little clunky. I don't like it. I, I We have one gate that floats and I managed to zap myself uh, the first time because I was not quite paying attention, and then the wire uh, electrified the, the gate, and I got a zap. So uh, what I ended up doing is is putting a T-post, because most of our gates are uh, are in corners. So I, I put a T-post, um, right, because your, your, your fence has got a 90-degree corner, and so I'll put a T-post, I don't know, 12, 14, 15 feet um, away from the corner post. At a, at a diagonal. So I basically kind of make like a, a square um, between the, the gate and the corner post and the new post that I drove. And that way I can run the electric fence to the T post that's sort of floating in the pasture now and back to the other leg of the, the fence. That way the gate, I can open my gate and shut my gate and uh, I don't have to worry about the electric and then I can take the electric down. And that also helps keep the animal sort of off the gate and gives me a little bit of space in the pasture, um, without having to fight, fight animals, which is kind of nice. Um, I'm sure there's a better way of doing it. Uh, I, I don't know it. I didn't actually look if anybody knows how to do that, how to run electric fence over a, uh, a metal gate. Um, yeah, let me know. I, I I'd be curious for sure. So that's that's that. The uh, oh, I <laughs> our our young our youngest daughter didn't listen quite so well. I you know I had 
go over it many, many times with all the kids. Like, okay, this is this is hot. This is electric. You're going to get zapped. Please don't touch. Please don't touch. And she did the same thing I did. She went into the goat pasture and she opened the gate, but she did not open the electric gate. So uh, they collided and uh, she zapped herself. I don't know how long she was standing in the field for. Uh, it was probably a couple of minutes because, you know, I heard her screaming, but not quite processing because it was so faint. And then I went and, and looked and she's just standing still, uh, afraid to move, just terrified that uh, she's going to get zapped again. And, you know, we fixed it all up and she's fine. And, you know, but it was, it's, you know, it could be scary. And uh, she's, she's learned, it taught her, learned that, uh, yeah, you kind of stay away from the fence when it's on. Um, what else? We got some more baby chicks coming. Um, mama hens sitting. So that's always, always fun. I tend to have lower, uh, survival rates when we just leave them outside, but I don't know. I feel like they're, they're stronger. They're more acclimated to, uh, thriving on their own. And, um, you know, that'll be, be good. And hopefully, I think we're going to, try to split our our flock up into two separate flocks and, and put one in uh, the chicken coop and one in um, a pasture and let them kind of free range out there and do do their thing, help keep, uh, you know, the ticks and, and stuff down because we've been having a problem with ticks getting on animals uh, out in the, the fields. So we'll, we'll see how that does. Hopefully that will be successful. We have turkeys. I know I told you guys we have the, the blue slate turkeys. Um, this is the second time doing turkeys, I think. Maybe the third time. Uh, first time we had, I got a mixed batch from Murray McMurray. Just basically the, the ends of the turkey batches that, you know, you, somebody puts an order in for 15 black Spanish and they hatch whatever, 17 eggs, 16 eggs, um, just to make sure they have that, that full order. And, you know, there's a couple left over and so they box them up. And sell them for at a discount, you know, so you can get 15 turkeys. There's no telling what they'll be, um, but they they give you a, a variety pack. So we did that. They did fairly well. We had a couple couple weirdo turkeys. I'm not sure what was wrong with them. Um, some sort of real feather issue. Uh, I contacted the uh, cooperative extension down here, and they had no clue either. So I don't know. But uh, this year we got the the blue slate. Yeah, there it's a. Uh, some of the research I've done on them says that, you know, because they're, they are a heritage breed and, um, they haven't been worked with a lot. So their temperaments can, can vary greatly and, um, their weights can, can vary pretty significantly. So I'm looking, we have 11 turkeys right now and I think we have two hens. Uh, I, I, there's one that, doesn't quite look like a tom, but doesn't quite look like a hen either. Uh, a little too much red in the face for for being a hen. Um, but I, I haven't felt a beard, so might be might be a hen. But that would best case we have two two hens and nine toms. So keeping a, a laying flock out of that will be uh, interesting. We'll see if we can do it. But um, what I've noticed is that yeah, like we have of all of our toms, there's a huge discrepancy between you know, some of the smaller ones and some of the larger ones. Um, it's really quite noticeable uh, in terms of, of weight. In terms of temperament, I've, I've not noticed that too much, um, but definitely in, in terms of weight. So we will we will see if we do keep a, a flock out of it. Um, definitely going to have to sort of uh, be picky about who, who 
who gets kept as uh, Papa Tom there. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, and another thing with the turkeys, I, in all my my life, I had never heard of something called fowl pox. Fowl pox is some sort of uh, avian disease that's um, transmitted by mosquitoes. Um, and there's different type of pox. They affect different different types of birds. There's pigeon. There's um, fowl pox, which is your chickens, your turkeys, um, stuff like that. But we had a turkey that, um, you know, at first I thought they were part of the waddles um, on, the, on the neck. And then my son, upon closer inspection, said, no, those aren't waddles. This, this is a uh, foul pox. I was like, what, what's, what's foul pox? I have no idea what that is. And, you know, he likes to do his, his little uh, vet thing. So he kind of figured it out. And um, it's pretty gross. And it's, uh, it's spreading. And there's not much you can really do about it, uh, unfortunately. It kind of runs its course. And you hope that it doesn't get into the... Uh, the airways of the bird because that that can kill it uh, but we'll we'll see um hopefully i don't know i don't know just all sorts of things it seems like everything you know everything there's always something there and almost 40 years old and i've never seen foul pox before so but uh yeah that's it that's it um well and so then uh to, we have our turkeys in with the the goats and uh, bought one of those electro fence setups because Oh, why not? You know, the, the turkeys were bothering the, or the, the goats were bothering the turkeys. Um, kind of wanted to get one of those, uh, fences to kind of keep the goats in anyway. Um, so we can maybe help them, have them help mow, mow the backyard when I'm, I'm feeling lazy. Uh, and setup was fairly easy, but man, if that thing doesn't touch the ground, I, I don't, I don't, I do not know how to get it to, uh, not ground out. You know, you're supposed to keep the, the green rope off the ground. Well, the green rope is only two inches off the ground. And uh, even when, after I went over it with a mower and got that, like, golf-level green short, it still, it just wants to sag. Uh, you know, there's, it's, I don't know. I'm not sure how to get it not to sag. And I've, I've run it tight, but it just, it seems that it just sags. So if anybody has any... Um, any recommendations on that, on how to really tighten it without uh, breaking breaking posts off, that would be appreciated, really. Um, I, I do like it. It's a, it's a nice little uh, pen, I guess, device, whatever you want to call it, fence. But um, yeah, it just it seems a little, a little trickier. And maybe some of the, the ones that are set up for for goats and, and sheep. Uh, we got the, the poultry one. Maybe that, that bottom rope is higher off the ground, so it's uh, less chance of grounding out. And the poultry one is, is a bad design because it's too close. I don't know. Open, open to suggestions if anybody has that. So I think that's all, you guys. That is it for today. Um, I'll put some of those pictures of all the stuff I, I talked about in the show notes. Go check it out. Um, and uh, yeah, enjoy the, the downtime in the summer because not a whole lot can go in the garden at this point. We're just kind of waiting. I think we're going to try to plant some raised beds and get that uh, get that going. Try to get some some fruit trees planned. Um, I'm going to get somebody in here with a, a backhoe, dig up the clay, and I don't know, mix in a whole bunch of compost because we've got we've got five year old trees that have not grown more than a foot, and they're still they're just doing nothing. Got to amend that soil somehow. Hey guys, that's all for today. I appreciate you coming out and uh, giving a listen. 
And just remember to get out there so those seeds of liberty can all reap sheaves of freedom together. Let us dream.